Alright, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 1, season 1, episode 8, and I'm your host, Kate Lectures, and today's topic is cardiac performance or output, cardiac output. Concentration, increased con- increased calcium concentration, uh, sympathetic nervous system a- activation, adrenergic agonists, cardiac glycosides, or digoxin, angiotensin two, right. Probably those, right? And anything that anything that affects or changes the heart rate changes or affects cardiac output. And the second thing, the second factor that changes cardiac output is a stroke volume. Stroke volume is volume per beat. Heart rate is beats per minute. And uh, stroke, no cardiac output is volume per minute. Now, we said that stroke volume can be affected by three different things: by preload, contractility, and after afterload. So, if anything that affects, anything that increases or decreases a preload will um, increase or decrease stroke volume. Anything that increases or decreases contractility, right? Just know all those agents that uh, increase or decrease contractility of the heart. All those medications will increase or decrease uh, stroke volume. And the same thing with um, no. With Afterload, increasing afterload decreases um, stroke volume and hence um, the cardiac output. So increased afterload decreases cardiac output. Now, um, cardiac output is a volume of ejected blood per minute, and it's about five, four, four point five. I would say five liters, and um, So in a steady state, in a steady state, venous return matches cardiac output. That's that, and 
said that um, at a resting state and baseline or resting heart rate is set by sinoatrial node and it falls between 60 and 100 beats per minute and strong efficient hearts have lower heart rates <laughs> that means um, cardiac output does not change by heart rate heart rate is decreased this is this is the case in highly conditioned athletes where heart rate is slow but stroke volume is very high and, and so the system is efficient um, so uh, let's get back to the most important concept here um, the PV diagram the PV diagram or loops so Again, this graph is left ventricular volume versus left ventricular pressure. So, left ventricular pressure, no volume is on the x-axis, left ventricular pressure is on the y-axis. And numbers are from, uh, volume numbers are from, from 40, that's at the point where x and y-axis meet, right? We can have that point. 40, uh, 40 milliliters, right? And then uh, we have the PV loop. So initially mitral valves at the point where mitral valves open, that is the lowest the lowest possible um, diastolic volume. AV valves open and left ventricle starts filling up. And as the filling starts, pressure drops a little bit. As uh, blood volume goes, as blood volume increases from about 50 milliliters to 70. Why? Why is that drop happens? Because the ventricles are still um, relaxing. The ventricles are relaxing. And as blood volume increases from 70 to all the way to 120 milliliters, um, pressure starts rising as the volume of left ventricle increases. And at about 120 milliliters of blood in the left ventricle, the mitral valves close and pressure isovolumetric contraction starts and it continues until the pressure in the left ventricle is above 80, milli 80 milliliters of mercury until pressure within the left ventricle is higher than the pressure in the aorta. At that point, aortic valve opens and when the, when the valve opens, because of that the squeezing pressure, 
lot is uh, ejected. So from the point where the aortic valve is closed, no aortic valve opens, pressure within the ventricles increases until it reaches about 130 millimeters of mercury and then it starts dropping as, as blood pressure, as uh, blood volume within the ventricles decrease during systole. The volume and pressure drops um, until it, it reaches, until the pressure within the left ventricle reaches about 100 and from that point on Aortic valves, aortic valves close and isovel volumetric relaxation occurs. So, end systolic volume is about 50 milliliters, end diastolic volume is about 120, and the stroke volume is the difference between end diastolic volume and end systolic volume. said that um, end diastolic volume can be uh, we said that stroke volume can be affected by preload, contractility and and afterload. So if afterload is increased, degree of muscle fiber stretch, right? preload is increased, that means that's the degree of muscle fiber stretch at the beginning of contraction. And if preload is increased, the PV loop changes and what happens is that the end diastolic volume will increase. So from a from normal curve, diastolic volume is, is about 120 and if uh, preload is increased then the end diastolic volume will be increased therefore stroke volume will be increased and, and at the same time the pressure to eject the increased volume of blood will also be increased it's not just the end diastolic volume, the ejection fraction, uh, the ejection pressure will also be increased. We also said that stroke volume can be affected by contractility, and again, contractility is the force with which you squeeze out uh, blood. So, if contractility is increased, what is going to happen? Contractility doesn't affect end diastolic volume. Again, we're looking at the, the graph. The graph can tell us what happens to the pressure for ejection, what happens to stroke volume, what happens to end diastolic volume, and what happens to the end systolic volume. So, if uh, a ventricle is 
squeezed with higher uh, force if contractility is increased what is going to happen the pressure to eject the blood would be higher and the amount of blood that remains in the ventricle what is that that's in systolic volume it will be decreased so if the normal uh, end systolic volume is 50 with increased contractility end systolic volume would be uh, would be less than 50 so um, that means stroke no that means end systolic volume will be decreased if contractility is increased okay now if after load the resistive force opposing muscle contraction if that is increased right it does not affect end diastolic volume the volume of the volume for the normal filling it does not affect that but the pressure with which you squeeze out the blood will dramatically increase and because this is resistance you will have a lot of you have strong resistance there is a strong uh, opposing force to push the blood against so and systolic volume would be would be high because because of this opposing force you will not be able to squeeze out or eject out the amount that, that you would otherwise uh, will be able to do it to eject out so end systolic volume will be increased and at the same time the pressure needed for that ejection will also increase. So again, reviewing um, the Frank Starling curve, it's the relationship between um, left ventricular and diastolic volume, or a preload versus stroke volume. So it's a preload versus stroke volume so and so if preload is increased again there are from this curve we can um, on this curve we can we can combine all the factors that in, that affect stroke volume. So there will be a normal curve, and then how this curve shifts shifts to the right or, or to the left. So we said that stroke volume will be affected by afterload, preload, and contractility. Anything that increases contractility. Increases 
use a stroke volume. Anything that affects uh, preload will increase uh, the stroke volume. So things that uh, increase contractility, sympathetic nervous system activation, adrenergic agonist, digoxin, angiotensin 2, low, low sodium concentration, and increased heart rate. These will uh, increase the stroke volume. And things that decrease stroke volume, beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, um, increased sodium, decreased heart rate. These will sh uh, shift the, um, these will shift the curve to the left. So right shift is increased and left shift is decreased. Again, this is a decrease. Uh, this is the relationship between preload or in diastolic volume and stroke volume. That's what a uh, Frank Sterling law describes. I hope this makes everything clear. Um, so heart rate will be increased again by sympathetic activation, exercise and oxygen demands, increased oxygen demands, and it will be decreased due to vagal stimulation, sleep, uh, example, so we can use that as an example, and due to decreased oxygen demands. So that's that, and um, until next time, peace out.